What up, everybody? Ryan Rucco here, along with CeCe Sabathia. Our podcast is called R2C2, and uh, we're planting ourselves here on the MLB Ringer feed to give you a taste of our instant reaction pod immediately following Yankees Rays Game 5. Make sure afterwards you follow our show, R2C2, on Spotify. What's up, everybody? We back. Another late night edition, man. Another, another. Uh, I guess heartbreaking edition right now, right? It's crazy. Oh man, you know we're doing these instant reaction pods. You think we get them after a big win instead of a big loss, man? Holy <laughs> crap! You know uh, the Yankees were recording this on uh, Friday night at 10:56 p.m. Eastern. We're starting it. Uh, right after the Yankees lose a heartbreaker in Game 5 to the Rays. So their season ends 2-1 the final. Mike Brasso with a solo home run off Aroldis Chapman in the bottom of the eighth inning to break a 1-1 tie. And see, there's so many things. As I'm watching the game, I'm thinking, man, I want to ask CeCe his perspective on this. You know, a ton of things to get into on the pod. I got to vent about this, whatever. And there's so many different angles to touch on. But... I think we just have to start with the overall picture. And I have to say, as heartbreaking as this is, because I do think whoever won this series is going to go on to beat the Astros in the ALCS and go to the World Series. And because you were in such a tight game and the way you started this postseason, I mean, it stings. But I I actually, I do think the better team won. I think the better team won. I think the Rays are the better team. I ha- I, I'm watching that game unfold, and I'm thinking they're probably not going to give up anything else, and they'll find a way to grind out the hit. Yeah. I do don't think, know. No, nah, I, I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to say that. It's hard for me to, you know I mean? I mean, they beat us in a five-game series, but but I still feel like if if Massa pitches game two, they, they beat us at their game. You know what I'm saying? We tried to play their game, and they beat us at it. Ended up costing us a series is how I feel. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I do think that, you know, the game two decision will be the black cloud over this series forever. But once you stabilize things in game four, and you got Cole going in game five, you're thinking, okay, you can find a way through. But the Rays have so many arms, they can stack up and throw zeros. And the Yankees... Look, the Yankees pitched great tonight, by and large, and Cole was amazing. We'll get into that. But offensively, I mean, they had nothing going on all night against this race pitching yeah, staff. Yeah, but I, I said that, though. I said with Glasnow coming out of the bullpen, if he can get him two or three innings, their bullpen is set up to 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 pitch these games. They do this all the time. They, you know, they have openers and, you know, they bullpen games all the time. So they're set up and used to this. So I just felt like, if Glasnow can go out and do what and do what he did, you know, off t- on two days rest, the guy was throwing 99, 99 mile an hour cutters. Like, uh, I mean, you know, you just have to give them credit. Yeah, their pitching staff and that bullpen and, and what they were able to do. Um, you know, everybody talks about they don't have any offense, but they always seem to score runs against us. You know what I'm saying? So they figure out a way. Uh, Brasso with the tough at bat right there, down at the end, like. I mean, like you said, you just got to tip your cap. It, but it's just hard for me. I always think we have the most talented roster. Yeah. Um, 
it's just hard for me to say that the better team won, but you know, they 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 beat us in the five game series. So you know, it, it's crazy. In a vacuum, the Yankees do have a more talented roster, right? They have a far more talented lineup. But the thing that I think has hurt this team offensively in the playoffs is there is not enough of the grinded out contact type hitter that you kind of need for some lineup diversity in the playoffs. You know what it is? We have a tough lineup to get through. You're going to throw a lot of pitches, but they may not make a lot of contact. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it it, it could be a six, seven pitch at bat, but then the guy strikes out, you know, Or, or you can get some weak contact where if you got runners on base or you got, you know, some runners in scoring position. You need a DJ LeMayhew, Derek Jeter type at bat. Yes, yes. And, and we don't we don't have enough of those. We don't have enough of those bats in the lineup. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. That's that's my thing. See, because you know, normally because of what you're talking about, because the the at bats are so tough and you grind out pitch counts or whatever, you end up facing a guy then that's going to make enough mistakes that you're going to tattoo and take advantage of, right? But if you face a team like Tampa that's able to roll out four guys that are throwing seeds. And they can stack them up for two innings at a time in a game like this. Well, now all of a sudden, me just getting to the next guy really isn't doing any good, right? Like, me having a seven-pitch strikeout isn't doing any good. And my biggest problem is this. Like, we saw an example of it with DJ LeMahieu yesterday. And DJ's great. I mean, he's a batting champion, right? So he's top of the game, and you don't necessarily need DJ. But when DJ had that sack fly... It was a perfect example of a guy adjusting his swing to the situation, right? And he can take that B swing if he knows that's what the team needs in that moment. And my problem would be with so many strikeout guys, I feel like in these moments, we have too many dudes who can't take a B swing or a C swing when you need them to, and they're fixed on the A swing. And that can result in a lot of strikeouts when you're facing the kind of pitching they were tonight. And you know what's crazy too is is DJ like the old DJ. He's in those situations all the time, and we always need we always need needed Derek to come through, and now we always need DJ to come through, and he yeah. always fucking comes through. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like both of those guys always delivered when in lineups where they were basically the only contact guys. You know what I'm saying? So it's just weird that. That we all we're always waiting to kind of get to the top of the lineup and flip the lineup when you need a tough at bat and, and just like a base hit, you know what I'm saying? To to kind of keep a rally going. Which you could even see it see in the way that Gardner had his at bats right throughout the playoffs. Like his at bats were great because I think he's one of those dudes too, right? Who is going to make contact, have smart at bats, take his walks, and look. Up until the last couple games, overall, the lineup performed great. But in these specific unique situations, which, yes, aren't going to make a large sample size in totality, which is going to be the argument the analytic heads would knock down, but these situations do come up a lot in playoff games, right? And in in these type of moments, I do feel like there's some need for a little more diversity. You need, like, one more great contact hitter in the lineup just to mix things up a bit so you can't have situations like we had the other night with 18 strikeouts and like you had tonight with 11 strikeouts and only one at bat with runners in scoring position. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, 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 it was a tough, you know, last couple of days. And, I, you know, I said the 18 strikeouts, you know, 
you got to attribute that a little bit to the strike zone too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, you got yeah. you that have to raise who has it. They have an unbelievable uh, pitching staff, and they were getting help. So I mean, it, it was going to be impossible for those guys to to hit that night. But tonight, I mean, you know, it's game five. You know, there's 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 really no excuse. You know, what I mean, um, up and down the lineup. You know, you gotta you gotta do whatever you gotta do to scratch enough runs across to get to the next round. Well, let me ask you this, see, because as I'm saying that, and I do believe that philosophically that this lineup needs, uh, look, I want to say it needs another DJ LeMahieu, but you, it's not easy to clone the batting champion, you know? So it just yeah. needs another guy who hits with sort of that style, all fields, more contact. But even as I'm saying that, see, I'm thinking, or is this game just a, an example of how great the Rays pitching is and how deep it is? Like, is that really the biggest takeaway? I think so. I think I think we're trying to figure out ways why we didn't hit, and, yeah. and the reasons why is because the motherfuckers are good. <laughs> they have a good pitching staff, guys. Yeah. And this is what I was scared of, man. You know, I, I've I've watched them, you know, for eleven years in this, in our division, like put it together with nobody. You know what I'm saying? And they always they always seem to find the next guy, and they always you know, develop great pitching and they always have the arms and, you know, the guy always comes up with a great secondary pitch. None of their guys that comes up that throws a hundred to a hundred one or whatever they throw, they all have great secondary pitches. So you have to give them credit for being able to teach these guys how to pitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and give them credit for being able to think outside the box and, and start with openers and, you know, get your team prepared to do shit like this so they can go out and just, you know, roll out four guys and, 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 and it'd be like a normal, a normal thing for them. This makes me think of something in regard to their organization, but I just have to say this because we could all use a, a, a little um, levity in this moment. See, I'm so distracted. Your hoodie is beautiful. I mean, that is a, oh, thanks, that's, a that's a gorgeous red hoodie, man. <laughs> Thank it, you, man. I think, a, I think it, it might be like the white background is popping off of or yeah, something. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've noticed this, though. When you wear like a red or a white hoodie, I mean, you're a handsome man. It looks terrific. Oh, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Especially this hour of the night. Very impressive. Um, so, But I, I was thinking about this, what you just said in regard to the organization. Like, how impressive are the Rays as an organization? I know there's this, there's this hate, right? And there's this incredible rivalry. And there's definitely these feelings of animosity and, and you know, the pitches up and in. But think about what the Rays do. Year in, year out, regardless of their turnover, even in the last couple of years after they've built it back up, they've had some key pieces move on from year to year, and yet they keep going. They, If you want to talk about organizational culture and that being something that sustains itself regardless of the individuals that are there, the Rays have that. They have come yes. up with the blueprint, and it's amazing. And and I, and I think that's why you see the rivalry. I mean, we wouldn't have a rivalry with a team that we that that we kick their ass all the time, right? Or a team right. That, that we didn't know was good. You know what I'm saying? Like we know that they're good. We know what their organization is about. Like I, I just ran it down to you. They do it with so many different guys. I mean, the, the fact that they traded Archer for Glass now and Adamas and and, and Austin Meadows. Meadows yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just like. They, and, and they always do a good job of, of having a, a really good shortstop and a really good center fielder. And they just build around that. Every other piece is, can move. And, and, and they've proven that, and they've, they've won like that. In the AL East where, you know, you got giants over here. Yeah. And, and, and Toronto spends a lot of money. And, you know, us in Boston, like, 
it's crazy what they're able to do being at, you know, right around or at the top of the division every year. They also know how to really squeeze out everything they can on the margins, right? In this game, even. The fact that yesterday in game four, even though it was tight late, Kevin Cash made the decision, I'm not going to use my A-level guns. I don't see this one going our way, even though it's close. We're only down by a run. We're only down by a few runs. I don't see it going our way. I'm saving our guns for game five so I can roll them out and have them cover six, seven innings of work. Like Even that decision and that instead of going to Snell after glass now, he was like, nah, I'm going to throw my top three relievers for as long as they can go. And then if we have to figure out the rest, we'll figure it out then. But we may not have to. And guess what? They didn't have to because those guys yeah. mowed everybody down. I think most guys would have went right to Snell, right? Yeah, you yeah, know, because I he's think out so there. too. Yeah, yeah, but but I mean, they, they, he was so smart not going right to him and using his his relievers in that situation. The guys that are used to doing this, um, used to doing that, I guess. Um, so that was that was super smart. And then you get in the extras, and then and then you got and then you got Snell if if yeah. you go, you know, in the extras. So I thought they played that really smart. I mean, obviously. You know, they outsmarted us the whole series, to yeah. be honest, man. Yeah. And so, see, let me take you to the final inning and, and give us some insight here, just mentality-wise, because, I, I mean, it feels like the kind of poetry no Yankee fan wants to read, that Brasso is the one who hits the home run off Chapman after Chapman threw at Brasso's head, and they had their stare down and their words. Of course, the baseball gods would give them this confrontation again, with the series on the line. And of course, Brasso would come through with the home run that he did. In that at bat, something Ron Darling said, which I was thinking and my friends were texting, and I always think in these moments is, hey, if you're a closer here, you don't want to get beat with anything other than your best pitch. And Chapman ended up getting beat with his fastball, which is obviously his best pitch. My question to you is, is that something you actually think when you're on the mound? Do you consciously think when you're in a battle like that, well, look, I'm not going to get beat with anything other than my best pitch? No, because, um, you know, it was it was weird that Ron Darling even said that. I think, you know, just him being an announcer for a long time and being like not a pitcher, it, you know, so much, yeah. um, you know, so, so far removed from it. But no, I mean, not for me anyway. And, and. Because all you know, you always think that all your pitches are the best. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. if I got a lefty up there, or if I got somebody up there, and you know, I, I need to throw my backdoor slider, or I need to throw my two seamer. Like, I, I feel like I can get it done because you know, all my pitches, all my pitches are good. You know what I'm saying? So that's how you feel up there. So I don't think Chappie was thinking he didn't need to get beat with his best pitch because you know he threw him the slider. He had him set up for the strikeout. He threw him the slider, hit the long, long foul ball, you mm-hmm. know, way foul. He's thinking he's got Chappie, you know, back to the heater. Chappie backs that up with another slider right there. It's strike three, and it's a different, you know, he's on to the next hitter. So mm-hmm. it, it was just a, a kind of like a little lapse, I think, in, in pitch selection mm-hmm. more so than it was, you know, not wanting to get beat with his best pitch because if he throws that slider again after the long foul ball, he gets a strikeout for sure. And – you know, everybody wants to talk about Gary's play game calling and all that stuff. Gary put down the slider, you know. Yeah. So I was watching. Gary put down the slider. Chappie shook. And, you know, he fouled the fastball off, which it was a 99-mile-an-hour fastball. He fouled back straight back. So he was on it. You know what I'm saying? 
So he had seen a bunch of fastballs. He wasn't going to swing at nothing out of the zone. You had to throw him a strike. Unless you were willing to walk him with the high fastball, you know, you had to throw him something in the zone. First of all, let me ask you this. As you're watching that sequence, are you like, as you're seeing Gary put down the signs and everything, because this is your first time doing this. I mean, this is your first year. You're not in the dugout. Well, this time I knew Gary was going to call a slider again. Yeah. I know how he's going to call the game. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah. I was I was excited. Once he, I see him yeah. hit that foul ball, I was like, all right, we're going to strike him out because I know Gary. I know he's going to call a slider again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so you're you're like living out the sequence live as you're watching Oh, yeah, I'm it. watching yeah. I, yeah. You know, I was watching it, but I was trying to play it cool because I didn't want to be like all nervous because I was sitting out in the living room with my kids and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I was I was watching the sequence and, and I was living it and I was like, you know, I wasn't screaming at the TV, but I was thinking to myself, like, just back that slider up with another one. And, you know, and we got him. Um, obviously, we didn't. He fouled that pitch off. And then once he fouled that pitch off. Then he's on everything, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because, yes. because now he's back in an advantage, right? Because he just fouled your heater off again. Now you're thinking like, fuck, now what do I throw him? Because he just hit the curveball. I mean, the slider way over here. So he's on that. And then he's fouling the fastball straight back. You know what I'm saying? So now you back there up, up there thinking like, fuck, now what do I throw? Yeah. When you had a pitch ago, you had him set up for the strikeout. <sighs> it's interesting. We talk about missed opportunities for hitters with the one pitch or the two pitches you get during an at-bat to hit. You never really think about the missed opportunity from a pitcher when you're set up within a certain sequence to strike a guy out and you don't take advantage, right? But we don't usually talk about it in that context. But the way you're breaking it down is really interesting to me and makes sense how there are certain lanes, to use Aaron Boone's favorite word, but in a different context, there are certain lanes where like maybe you have this window of opportunity to throw X pitch. But if you don't throw it now, well, now that window closed and you don't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. And even like Chappie's been throwing, he's been throwing a great split. Like he could have threw a split up there and he would strip that dude out. And it, yeah. would, it didn't even have to be close. He could have threw a split way outside and he would have like lunged at it. He would have been done. He would have been done. So. See, this was, I'm watching that sequence, see, and I'm saying, if he's throwing a fastball, it has to be elevated. And Gary's telling him to elevate it. Gary's, Gary's giving him the up, up, right? And I was in the mentality of what you just said that you'd have to accept. In my mind, I was like, if he throws a fastball in the zone after Brasso had the at-bat going and going and going, and it was a great at-bat, I-, I was thinking if he throws a fastball in the zone right now, Brasso is going to rip it. And I was worried he was going to hit a home run, obviously, but no matter what, I was like, he's going to hit it hard. I want to go up, you know, center of the plate, but elevated, and see if he'll chase. And if he doesn't, okay, live to fight another day. But I was terrified that if he put it in the zone, that was what was going to happen. And my other word, my concern there was there was like three fastballs, including the last one in that sequence that Gary wanted elevated, that Chappie wasn't elevating. He, he, and Brasso's fouling it back, fouling it back, and swing after swing, he's looking better and better. And then the last one, he hits a home run. And I just felt like if you're going to throw the fastball there after the way the about was going, it had to be out of the zone. Otherwise, the result was going to be something like that. He wasn't going to swing at that elevated fastball, though. Like You he, don't think like, so? No, because his bat was already too good. He was already zoned up down here. So, it, like, anything hard up here, he was going to let go. Because he was already on all of this shit. He was fouling it off. He was fouling it back. He just, like I said, I keep saying, he hit the slider. So, yeah. everything was all down here. You, you let a ball go up here, he's going to let it go. 
right out of his hand because everything has been all his his eye level never changed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and so you don't have a you don't have a ball to change his eye level. If that makes sense. If you if it was two two, then yeah. you could throw him a high strike and get his eye level changed, go back down, and then come back up. You know what I'm saying? Does that make but sense? It does make sense. So at that point, then your only way to get him out is with something off speed down. Or, in, or, in the three two? Yeah. In that or three two a, situation? Yeah, or did you think he didn't have anything for him at three two anymore? I, I, I honestly didn't think he had anything for him unless he was gonna yeah. throw him a split because you he he was either gonna hit something hard right at somebody or he was gonna walk. Yeah. 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 That's the, that, I mean, that's the shame of it. And let me ask you this, C. Is there any part do you think in that moment where Chapman is thinking about the slider that Altuve hit out last year and thinking, well, fuck no. No, you don't worry. You don't think about that at all. Absolutely not. No. You don't carry it over with you and get skittish about it. Mm-mm. Okay. And, and I got to, I got to say this. Aroldis Chapman has been a very good closer, and he's been a great closer for the Yankees. And overall, his postseason numbers are good. He has a 2-2-5 ERA in his postseason career. But this is now the 11th home run he has given up. Oh, check that. Is that right? No, 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 no. Okay, that's wrong. Ne- never mind. That's the third home run. I was about to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say. Ain't no way. You know what's funny? I'm looking at the earn run column instead of the homers, and I'm thinking, that is way too many. That's way too many. Let me back that train up a second. This is now the third home run he's given up in his playoff career in 41 postseason innings, okay? Three home runs. I don't want to That's not a lot, though. It's not a lot. It's not a lot, but I'm only using it as a setup, okay? I'm only using it as a setup. Just to give us all an idea of how spoiled we were for 20 years, okay, essentially, Mariano Rivera in 141, not 41, in 141 playoff innings. Guess how many home runs he gave up? One? Two. Two. In 141 playoff innings. I can only remember the one to Sandy Alomar. And the one to Sandy Alomar, and I think someone on the Mets hit one when the Yanks were up by a ton in the 2000 World Series, if I remember right. I think somebody hit one. Yeah, I'm right. I don't know who it was. Somebody hit like a three-run shot when they had a five-run lead, something like that. But that's it. And and look, it, Mariano's the greatest reliever of all time, so it's silly, and it's and no one's going to be him. That's not but fair. I, it's not fair. It's not fair to Chapman. You're 100% right. But I, I'm just saying it in a sense of giving us an idea of the way the Yankee fan mind is conditioned for those moments, right? Like, you just, you saw a guy who ne- like, he never gave up home runs in that spot. Now you've seen this, your closer, who's otherwise great, give up a season-ending home run, essentially, in back-to-back seasons. Like, that is, you, you, went, you went 16 years of excellent relief work never having to worry about that. Now, all of yeah. a sudden, it's happened two years in a row, you know, which gives you an idea of how great Mo was and also how hard it is to digest watching what Chapman has done two years in a row. Yeah, I mean, to Chappie's defense this time, though, like, he came in in the seventh inning, Cass. Like, I know. That's tough, right? You know Adjusting saying? to a totally different role like that? Yeah, I mean, like, he's going to get seven outs? You I, know think they were gonna, like, what, I think they're going to ask him to. Well, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, like, I'm sorry, but like, come on, man. Like, what are you doing? 
well, this is, I, this is the way I look at it is I think they were saying, and we'll get to Cole. I think they were saying, Cole, Britton, Chapman, take me as long as you can go. And then if I have to fill in the rest, I'll fill in the rest how I have to. Like, I think what he didn't want was. So Chappie was never going to be at the end? Like, he was like that. Like, the only way he was going to be at the end is if. Is if Cole wins seven. Or if Chappie was so efficient with his outs. Like, he got those first two outs on six total pitches, right? If he somehow got through that eighth with, with 20, you know, whatever, 20 total pitches thrown, I think, I think Booney's pushing him out there for the ninth if they've taken the lead. But if they're tied or if he's tired, he may have said, you know what, we're going to need someone else anyway. I might as well go to Greeny. But I think— You know what? The, but I, the way we use our relievers all year because we have so many of them lined up, yeah, I hate I hate them to sit down and get up, like uh, our guy, like you know what I mean. Like they yeah. never they never they end they the inning and get that. back up. So you want yeah. Chappie to do that shit two times, and he don't ever do that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like yeah, the way our right. bullpen set up during the season is, it's like Greeny, Britt, Otto, Chappie. You know what I'm saying? Or or it's some kind of that that kind of order. Those four guys. Yeah, and they never they never get the last out, sit in the dugout, and then go back out. So you want him to do that two times, like. That I mean, that's that's a that's a real thing. Like you know, to sit down and getting up, like going back out for the inning. Like I always felt nervous about Dylan Batanzas doing that too. I hate it when they put him in for the last for him to get four outs. Yeah, like I feel like all of our guys, the way we use them, they're three out guys just because of the way we use them during the season. Like the Rays, the way they said they 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 go, you know, six seven outs all the time. These guys, yeah, yeah. It's just not the way. That's what I'm saying. It's just not the way we use them. And then now we have to use them like this in game five. It just, if that's the case, we need to use them like that more often. And, and that's the thing, right? It's hard to argue with the overall job the pitching staff did tonight. I mean, my gosh, they give up two runs. But if you're going to match the Rays in this game, you can't even give that up, right? I mean, you, you, and the problem was, and this is where I think this team really missed Tommy Canely. We were. Tommy, uh, too. Yeah. yeah. Right? We were a guy or two short with this pen. And last year, you went into the playoffs and you said you got Otto, Canely, Green, Britton, Chapman. And you felt really good about five, right? And and you would have felt like Dellen, too, if he, if he had been healthy. If he was healthy. Yeah. And this year, you kind of felt like you had three guys. And you wondered where it would rear its head. And it's hard to, you know, say the overall game was determined by that because they didn't hit. But the Rays pitching was so good that you needed to go just a little bit longer matching them before you broke. Like, my whole mentality, which was the same thing I thought last year in Game 6 was Chappie, was I, I just said, get, get the Yankees up next inning with the tie. Just get them that at-bat. And that's how I felt. I felt, get the at-bats in the ninth inning 1-1. Let me see the at-bats at 1-1 in the ninth inning. Just get there. And they couldn't get there. And that's where you could say, oh, they were a little short in in the chain link fence of the bullpen. And, that, they and that's what I was saying to you the, the last couple of years. What I've been saying to you privately is like, you know, if we were going to win the World Series last year, or, or, you know, or two years ago, I guess, even in 17, like Dylan Batances would have had to throw big innings for us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, for the Yankees, this version of the Yankees to win, Adam Adovino's going to have to get out, cuz. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't not pitch him. He pitches... Every big inning and situation during the season, 
and then into the playoffs, then he doesn't get out there. I just, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, you need to trust to, him. You need to force trust him. He has to pitch beginnings for us to win. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just the way our pin is set up, man. Like, and then we get into situations where we, we just don't use it the way we use it the whole year. It, yeah. It's just crazy. I don't know. I know, man. It, it's it's frustrating. And, and, and you know, there's no uh, – look, if you're looking at the series overall, the obvious second guess, which was a first guess, is the pitching decision with Happ and Garcia. That's the, that's the blunder from the series that will hang over the series. Within game five, there are little things like we can nitpick, right? But there's not this obvious, like, oh my gosh, what were you doing? There's more so a like, man, they got one more big hit and they pitched a little better. And it's like, that's what it, it's tough. It, it that's where I come back to. Like, I, I think they're especially at this time of year, they're a slightly better uh, manufactured and equipped team to handle these moments. And that was the difference in this game five. The Rays were a little better equipped to handle a game like this. Man, you know what's crazy too? Like we've been getting like, like we've had crushing like losses. You know what I'm saying? Like it's been, besides 18, when we just got our asses kicked by the Red Sox, like it's been like 17 is heartbreaking. 19 is crazy. This is, you know what I'm saying? Like it's been, it's been rough for as a, you know, as a per- as a member of the organization, it's been rough to to watch this shit and stomach this shit. So, Ugh. I can only you know imagine what the fans are are feeling. But it's crazy as a you know being a person in the organization. It it's uh it's been rough. Well, let me ask you this, C, because in 2017 there was this new core coming up, right? Mm-hmm. And the thought was, hey, unexpected run, made the playoffs one game away from the World Series. And I remember even the wild card game against Minnesota that year was like, just let this core group get a playoff series under their belt so that they get some experience and can grow with it. You got within one game of the World Series, one win of the World Series. It didn't happen. Now, there's a postseason failure in 18. In 19, get to the brink again. It doesn't happen. In 20, losing game five of the ALDS. At this point, does it still, if you're part of that group, does it still feel like you're ascending? Or do you start to wonder if you've plateaued? No, you definitely still think that you're ascending. I mean, especially because those guys are so young. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, in experience and in, you know, in age. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, going back over that run, like 17, we had to run with all those young kids. And then 18... Mm -hmm. I thought I didn't I had I didn't think we was gonna make the playoffs. Just just because we went so deep into the playoffs in 17 and you know everybody had career years, we're coming back. I just, you know, with a young team, I just I was surprised that we made the playoffs. We got our asses kicked um by the Red Sox. And then the next year, I thought 19 we were set up to 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 make a a great run, a deep run. Obviously, we didn't do that. Um and then and then this year, you know, it's it's Short season, you know, everything that went on. So, you know, just to be able to to get out there and play and compete, I think guys are excited. You know, excited. I mean, I think it's a lot to build on. I don't think I don't think you can lump this year in with the rest of them just because it was such a short season. You, you don't uh, think any – there's no, like, wondering, are we the, you know, late 90s Braves, early 2000 Braves where we're going to 
we're going to get to a certain... Now, they won one in 95, to be fair to them. Yeah. But then, you know, they're winning division after division after division, losing in the playoffs, it. losing in the playoffs, yeah. losing in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it, it, does that enter the mind of this group at this point? Uh, I, 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 I don't know. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm not in the group anymore. So, I, I mean, I, yeah. can't, I, can't, <laughs> I, can't, yeah. I can't really tell you if, yeah. if they're starting to feel like that or not. I, you know... Would you I, feel I like never, that? Same? I was never, I was never in that position. I was about to say as a young player, yeah, but I yeah. know myself as a, when I was young, I always felt like I had time, like, like oh, I got time to do it. Oh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I got time to do it. And then, like I say, I always bring up 07 because that was our year. Like we put it all together, and that was our year, and it didn't happen. So then I started panicking. Hmm. So you would have to ask the guys individually which year they thought that they were going to win, and it, and it, when it doesn't happen that year. Then you start panicking, like, oh, shit, maybe this, this may not happen. You know what I'm right. saying? It, but right now, the, all those guys play for the Yankees, and they know that, that the organization is going to do whatever they can to try to win, get all the free agents, all the players. And so, no, they think that they got time, you know? Well, and the reality is the starting rotation looked a lot different than what they had set out for because you thought you were going to have Severino and James Paxton right behind Garrett Cole, and you didn't. And obviously, that changed the equation and and made you have to use the bullpen differently, et cetera. Now, I want to talk about Cole for a minute. See, look, if there's one guy who acquitted himself beautifully in this Yankees postseason, it was Garrett Cole. I mean, this dude was everything they could have asked for. He gives up one hit in this game, and who knows if it's not for some weird wall overhang that Aaron Judge got too familiar with, Maybe he doesn't even give up any hits in his five and a third innings. Uh, he he really delivered. And that you have to feel good about knowing, okay, this guy is going to shove exactly the way you want him to this time of year. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that was great to watch him be able to go out and perform on the stage that I know he wants. You know what I'm saying? So it'll be good, you know, this time next year, everything rolling around. It'll be fans in the stands and – you know, hopefully we can have that Yankee, you know, stadium Bronx magic and, you know, run this, run this thing all the way to, to where it's supposed to be, which is a parade at the end of the season. What about pitching on three days rest, see? What feels different? Like, do you notice, like, oh, my arm isn't as strong? I mean, ha- what, what, what makes it a more difficult challenge when you're not pitching on your normal rest, when you're pitching on short rest? It's not necessarily, like, your, your arm um, being sore. It's just like the everything else, like the little ache. So, you know, you know you didn't get your, your full amount of rest, so you can't really overthrow. Um, you know, watching Garrett in that first inning, I feel like he was trying to give his normal effort. Um, out there in that first inning, everything was up. You know, he was all kind of all over the place. And then he just kind of settled in. You know what I'm saying? He gave himself some time. He was taking a little longer than, than usual. And, you know, he kind of settled into the game and was able to, like, find his delivery. That's the one thing about pitching on three days rest. You have to find your delivery. Like, mm. what percent can you pitch at? Whether that's 65%, 75%, 85%. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to you have to find that, what, what's going to make you be able to throw strikes and, and be effective. So um, it's, it, it seems like he found that right at the right time, you know, got the strike out and, you know, he kind of, he kind of sailed from uh, after that. I mean, 
Gave the solo homer to, to Meadows and then, you know, almost to that. What's that guy's name? You say his name. Well, I don't know. Brasso? No. Nah, the, the guy that oh, Gardy robbed his uh, homer. A Rosarena? A Rosarone? Him. He almost, hit the, yeah. he almost hit the curveball out. But other than that, he yeah. pitched, you know, he pitched great. So, um, yeah, like you said, I mean, he delivered and, and you know, going forward, um, that he'll be able to, to, to pitch in these situations. You know, Sevy will be able to pitch in these situations. We saw what Monty could do two, two nights ago. Yeah, so, your boy came like through, said, man. Monty yeah, looked the great. The future is bright, man. These guys, yeah. these guys are in a good spot. So, like I said, nobody, I don't think anybody in there is panicking, not player wise anyway. You know, that, that's for us, is the fans in the front office and stuff. You, you were the master of pitching on three days rest, see? And because mm-hmm. of that, even though it has a little less punch because the Yankees lost this game compared to what it would have been if the Yankees won this game, I do want to explore that a little bit further with you because you you did it a lot. I mean, you, you, the way you did it in, in, in Milwaukee with multiple starts down the stretch over and over again as you were just in beast mode. And then we saw it in the 09 playoffs as well where you did it the entire 09 playoffs and delivered. You did it in game one and four of the ALCS. You did it again in games one and four of the World Series. What kind of advice did you offer Garrett Cole as he was getting ready to do it for the first time in his career as someone who did it a lot and did it in big stages? You know what? I didn't. And, and I was watching the first thing. I was like, man, fuck, I should have called him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I didn't. He's he Garrett. He's he he figures shit out on his own. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't need to call him, man. Like, he'll call me if he needs something. Yeah. You know? So I don't I don't want to bother him. I don't want to call him. I know how he is, you know, with, you know, the days before or, you know, the day of leading up to a start. So. You know, I didn't. I didn't want to call him, but please believe I Facetime Monty when I figured out that he was making that start the other day. <laughs> well, whatever you told Monty in the Facetime, it worked out because he really pitched well in Game Four, and that was encouraging. He did. To he see. looked good. You, you know, see, the, if we go through this game, there's not, there's not a lot to nitpick and no. say. Okay, this could have been done differently. This could have been done differently. We just lost the game, man. Exactly. You just lost a baseball game to a good team. And that that shit happens all the time when we go to Tampa or when we play Tampa. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I was so scared to play them in the playoff series because that's the one team that I know that can fucking beat us in the series, and they know it too. Yep. Yep, 100%. It's how I felt last year too when they were playing the Astros and people were like, oh, we Uh, want the Rays. I was like, the Rays could beat the Yankees in the ALCS. Yeah, bro. And last year, too, it would have been kind of the same thing. You know what I'm saying? We would have been a seven-game series for sure if if they beat – if Glassnow's not tipping his fucking pitches. (laughs) Right. And they don't know what's coming for the first three innings. Yeah. And on the whole, right, I mean, this is is not what – you are looking forward to if you're Major League Baseball as far as ratings go. I believe the Yankees, when all is said and done at the end of this DS, I think they're going to have nine of the top 10 highest rated games thus far in the playoffs they're going to have been involved in. So, you know, you better believe that there are going to be people who are wishing that the Yankees went as deep as possible for the sake of, you know, the economics of the sport. But from a pure David Goliath baseball storyline. I mean, there is something amazing, even though it's not going to make my stomach feel good or yours, see, about the Tampa Bay Rays and their $12 payroll 
taking down the big bad Yankees and Brasso hitting the home run off Chapman after that. Like, there's something crazy about that story. How many times did I tell you that's not the way I'm ending my career? I'm not ending my career with the Rays fucking winning the division. You know, like, <laughs> I kept telling you that. I'm not I'm not losing yeah. to the fucking Rays. I'm, yeah, I'm, man. Like I said, it would have been a good series last year if we played them in ALCS, but we wouldn't have lost. Not if I was pitching. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, like, it's I just, know. You warned the guys about this team. The, I, 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 I've been warning the guys, I've been warning everybody about this shit right here, man, because I've seen it. I've seen it for years, and and I know, like, it's just it's just weird. The the there's no aura of of, of Yankees around them around the yeah, They don't give a yeah. fuck. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. They don't give a fuck who we sign, who with the starter. They don't give a fuck about none of that. Like, yeah, G Man Choi's got four homers off Garrett. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't give Crazy. a shit. Yeah, the, the the guy that he hit was walking down the line, ready to go charge at. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't, they don't give a fuck, bro. They ready to go. So I, I knew it. Like I mean, I hate to say I knew it, but I I knew this shit was gonna happen, man. Yeah, I hate, no, it's I crazy. I get it. I, so here are my my over my my couple. If you wanna, if you wanna nitpick something from this game, these would be the ones. Pinch hitting fo- forward for Higgy in that eighth inning, just because Ford has basically been a non-existent player for this period of time and hasn't had success in a long time, although he had a good at bat, ended up striking out. Damn uh, near hit that slider out. He just missed it. That would be a, you could nitpick that if you want. It wasn't like an obvious, hey, leave Higgy in there. I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it. That could be something I could see people going to. One thing I didn't like, it was very obvious to me that Glaber Torres and anybody who looked at his stats in these playoffs and really overall in the playoffs in his career, it was very obvious that Glaber Torres was the Yankees' most locked-in player going into this game offensively. I can't have him hitting seventh in that game. I'm sorry. I have to watch that ninth inning end without Glaber Torres getting in at bat. You know, the lineup doesn't get back to him. That yeah, was but it. you don't know if the lineup's going to be there in the ninth inning anyway, though. You don't know where the lineup's going to be coming around. Like No, but it's hard for me to stomach six other guys getting in at bat that Glaber Torres didn't. That's my yeah. point. I mean, when you get to this part of this point of the season, like, like nobody wants the lineup to change. Like, guys, have, you know what I'm saying? Like, they hit, what, 11, 16 home runs in six games, right? Something like that? Yeah, I mean, something like something that. I mean, crazy. they were... Like yeah, the first six yeah. games of his six. So, like, why fucking change the lineup? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no matter he, whether Glaber's hitting seventh or not. Like, I'm just telling you from a player's perspective, yeah. perspective, if we come in at, at game five and they change the lineup, we're like, oh fuck, they panicking. You know what I'm saying? Like, we were playing with the same fucking lineup this yeah. whole fucking series. It is, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that's the last thing you want as a player is for shit to change. Well, so that is why I had some people saying to me, like, oh, the Yankees should move Judge down. And I said, absolutely not. You can't. So you do want Glaber to move, but you don't want Judge to go there. So no, why not? because I think because all I wanted Glaber to. Do, <laughs> I'll tell you what I wanted. All I wanted Glaber to be was I wanted him to be at least in front of Geo from seven to six, maybe up to five. Now you're right. For the most part, the lineup didn't change, but there were little tweaks to it. For example, Stanton got moved to fourth, Voit to fifth. Those two guys flipped as the series went on, right? And with Stan, how hot he was. You had Gardner move around six, seven, eight. He kind of bopped around in between that area. And Geo, the same thing. Glaber, I guess Glaber stayed seven. So Gardner was six and eight and Geo, the same thing. They flopped around. That depends uh, on who, how they think they're going to use the bullpen. 
Right, right, exactly. I just wanted, I, I thought Glaber looked so good. I wanted him higher. I, I would have considered going Glaber five, Voigt six, then Geo seven. That's what I would have done. That, but like I said, see, as I introduced it, that's a nitpick. That's not like a, that's not a massive thing. That's a nitpick overall. That would be my, that, if there was one nitpick I would come away with, that would be it. I want a Glaber hitting higher. Yeah, that's you making up shit right there because then people would say, like, Voight led the league in home runs. How are you going to have him hit sixth or seventh? Like, All right, so, so just put Glaber in front of Geo then. Deep. The lineup is deep. It is what it is. Geo carried us forever. Like, yeah. Geo hits velocity. Like, they throw that two-seamer down and in. He could have took Diego Castro way back. You know what I'm saying? Like, shit well, just he, didn't work out. So, it, But, like, our lineup is so deep that, like, you can move this shit all over. You can, you can hit Guardy first and fucking DJ Knight. This is, this is the same shit. Like, our lineup is, is our lineup. So moving the guys around ain't going to make a fucking difference. But, they just got to fucking hit, guys. I, I agree with you overall, and I do think it's a nitpick. I'm just saying philosophically, I'd rather have a better shot at the guy who I deem my best hitter going into this game getting more at-bats. Like, it's hard for me to live with six other guys getting an extra at-bat that Glaber Torres did not. That's what I'm saying. But But two two weeks ago, you wouldn't have been saying that. You're right. You're 100% right. You're 100% right. So, but and, then you can't make you can't make you can't make the lineup change off just reactions then like. You know what I'm saying? Like the, you can't but, you can't, but you in can't the change playoffs, the lineup every day. Yeah, no, you can't. You can't, change can't the lineup every day. You can't every day. And that's why I wouldn't have done anything drastic. Like I wouldn't have put him third all of a sudden, right? Like that would have seemed drastic to me. I just would have inched him up. I would have inched him up. It's a nitpick and I don't I think inching him up wouldn't have been panicky. I think doing something drastic would have been which is would have inspired the reaction you're talking about about like why are we panicking? But I mean, having said that, Geo hits hit an absolute rocket in the ninth inning that almost goes almost through Joey Wendell's glove. glove, almost through his glove. Exactly, exactly. So you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. If there's one thing that you know you're going to look back on in this series and regret, it's going to be the game two decision and going with Happ and Garcia. That's going to be that's the a, thing. That's the only. That's my only nitpick. That's yeah. that's the only thing that I have. That's. That's it. Like everything else, I'm good with. It's just, you know, when, when else are you going to have a chance to start a 21 year old in the playoffs? When you know you got no fans, and, and you know, all we talk about is this kid's character and his, and you know how mature he is and all that stuff. It would have been a perfect time to let him rock. You could have let Massa rock. You could have let Jay Happ rock. Any one of three of those guys to start the game and we score five runs, we yeah. win game two. Yeah. Exactly. And they were rolling at that time. That's the over. If there's one frustrating takeaway, that's it, right? From game five, no matter what we dice up, like, yeah, okay, Chapman has not been good enough in the playoffs. That is a problem. I can't have this guy giving up season-ending bombs back-to-back years. But as far as strategy goes and why did you do this, really, you just got beat. You got beat. You got beat in a one-run game by a really good team. In, in, in a in a winner go home game, and that's kind of what it comes down to, uh, which is frustrating, but that's the reality. Now, see, there are some people who have some questions uh, on Twitter. Do you want to uh, you want to take a few here? What do you Let's think? Let's do it. All right. Um, this is interesting. Mike Remick says, "What is next for this franchise? On paper, you have the best roster." Who do you sign, release, let walk, trade for, et cetera? Damn, I don't even know, bro. Like, like, yeah, he's right. Like, we have the best roster. You know what I'm saying? And we are super deep. And, you know, we just got to figure out a way to 
translate that that into wins into the in the playoffs. Hmm. But as far as like moving, like what do you what do you do? I mean, you got Geo at at third. You got Glaber at short. You got DJ at second. You know Luke. I mean, Judgey Hicksy's locked in. Frazier looked like he's ready to take over left field. I mean, Higgy's emerged as you know probably a catcher now. You know what I'm saying? So like, I don't I don't know. I have no idea what 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 the next move is, or or I mean, obviously it's going to be more bullpen. Yeah, um, I I think you need two more arms in the bullpen, right? That you feel like you could really trust in those high leverage situations. Now they don't grow on trees, but if I was if about to could, say, like, yeah, where yeah, those yeah. guys at? You know what I'm good, saying? Like, good luck finding them, Ruko. Yeah, yeah, man. Or, or like, you got to pay a guy enough that he don't mind not closing. You know? Yes, like Britain. Like Brit. Yeah, who was great? Who was fantastic in the playoffs? I think Brit's a free agent. I think Pax is a free agent. I think I think you have to sign Massa back. That's got to be the Wait, first. Thing. Is Brit? Brit has another year, doesn't he? I think he's got an option, right? Oh, let me see if he does. Well, like first and foremost, because I can I could see people listen to this saying like, "Well, you got to you have to sign DJ LeMahieu. You absolutely positively oh, yeah, have yeah, to yeah. sign DJ LeMahieu." Yeah, yeah. Like like I mean that is that you cannot let that guy walk. And I do think see, it's going to be an interesting financial landscape for free agents this year just because of COVID and what went on this year. You know, so I wonder if you got I don't have some- I don't think for the top, for the for the top level players like that I I mean you know, I think guys like like him and Ozuna will still get paid. Yeah, um, I mean, Mookie just got fucking seven hundred million dollars in the COVID situation. Yeah, he did. So, he did. You're right. Okay, so he's got the money. It's a thirteen million dollar option that uh, is the Yankees' option. Okay, I think. I think so because if the oh no, you know what it is, he. At the he's a he, they have him for next year for thirteen million. He signed for twenty twenty one, but okay. they following the World Series this year, they need to decide if they're picking up his twenty twenty two option, and if they're not, then Britain can opt out immediately and become a free agent this offseason. This year, oh yeah. Wow. So you're right. So rem- remember when it happened? It was a very unique clause. So the yeah. Yankees either pick up his 2022 option, which, which I is, think you do, I think which you is do a 13 million dollar option. I agree. I think you or a 14 million dollar option. I think you have to, um, and or if you don't, then he becomes a free agent immediately. So I I, I think you got to, and and you you gladly pay him 27 million over the next two years. So, but but you got to see who else you can add. Uh, it, it's. LeMahieu, you got to keep, though. He's obviously a mainstay. No questions Masa, asked. Masa's got to come back. You want Masa? You know, Masa's only 31. That's the thing people forget, you know? He's Masa's not. has got to come back. People act like he's old, but he's only 31. And he's so steady. I mean, see, you could have him as your number three, number four starter for however, you know, for, for three or four or five more years. But yeah. I, the question is money. If, is someone going to give him money to, like, is someone going to give him not ace money, but like one and a half money, you know, one or like a, a, a top tier number two starter money, you know, that's I, what I think. I think, I think he wants to stay in New York. Just, you yeah. know, me playing with them. Yeah. Um, so I think they get something done. Yeah. Overall, any, any other obvious thing where you're like, we need this kind of guy 
we need this kind of dude in order to get over the hill? No, man. It's hard for me to just sit here and say we need anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. The roster's put together pretty fucking good right now, man. I know. It's like what you need is just to win a game by one run tonight, and then you feel and great then we, about yeah, it. Yeah, that's I know. what I'm saying. Like, I don't think I know. we can change shit, I, which is I, crazy. I would like one more athletic type of contact-based hitter, and I would like two more arms in the pen you could trust. Those are hard things to find, though. I, I understand that. And I don't know who that hitter would be. I would love. I I don't love Glaber Torres at short, but I I'm not sure with the way the rest of the infield configures. I don't really know if you have an option. You know, you'd say okay, you could have Lemayhew at first and Glaber at second, and if you trade it for Lindor, you put him at short, and then you have Urshela at third. But then it's like okay, well, what are you doing with Voigt? You know, so it's it's hard. It's hard when you have you have a lot of position players that feel like they're filled in. So it's hard to picture where does that contact hitter I'm talking about come from even, you know, I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure where yeah, it comes the, from. The, 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 the fact that we have a DH in big G. Yeah. Makes it hard to move Glaber from short. Yes. Because if you can move Luke to DH, then you could put DJ at um, first and then put Glaber back at second. Right. And then go find a shortstop. Right. Exactly. But because you have kind of an everyday DH, you, got an everyday you don't have DH that option. Yeah. All right. Here's BK Solo or uh, BSKOLO. Nah, I thought it was Solo. I was thinking Star Wars. Um, he, he tweets Here's a question. WTF am I supposed to do now? Man. <laughs> what Watch do we do, Raiders. see? What kind of fan is he? I, you know, I'm watching the Raiders, guys. Yeah, that's season. once a week, bro. That's once a week. It's going to be hard. I love these games, man. I love the energy of it. I love the feeling on the day of a game. I think that's the thing that makes me sad, see? You know, it's like you, you get so into these games, and it's just like you're so excited about it, and it's it's got this great energy and drama, and then it ends, and you got to wait a full year to get back to this point where it and matters it, like you this. You know what's crazy is maybe just because I just retired, it's like I don't have none of that feeling, man. Like, no? I, like fuck no. Like, and it feels good not to have that, like not to have that anxiety or you know be like feeling sad. Like, yeah, no, nah, that's why I retired. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I'm you know I'm hurt for the boys and all of that shit, but you know we'll get them next year. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's another baseball season to be played in 2021, guys. Oh, I, I look forward to that because I've just enjoyed getting to watch games again, man. Getting to watch this team, it's been fun, especially after all we went through. Like, it's easy to forget now. What that happened, right? We went and, four and, and a half months with no sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Is isn't it easy to forget because we found a way to 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 live like this and to adjust and to have sports that we oh, all went wait. four and a half months without sports. I'm sorry, I just checked my phone, but the the Miami Heat just just beat yeah, the man. Yes. How about that, bro? You giving them any shot? You giving them any no, shot? No, no fucking chance. No. All right. They just pissed LeBron off. To be honest, like it's, you know, just gave. There you go. That's something else for you to do in two days. You're watching basketball. Shit, man. Uh, that's what I got going on. That's what Why I got going on. Why are they getting two on. days off in the bubble, by the way? Oh. What the fuck's going on? Man, they got to go play golf at the Floridian or something. They don't need two days in the bubble. Play that shit tomorrow. Let's go. Oh, I'm not sure, man. Seriously. It's going to be weird. These next few months are going to be strange, man. By the way, I don't know if I told you, but we had to ba- we, we we canceled the wedding in Italy again, man. Just oh, for real? First- yeah. We, we canceled it again because... For next June? Yep, 
for June 2021. Wow. We canceled it just because it's like it's hard to, you know, trying to make people plan stuff internationally. It's it's when are you going to feel comfortable or feel like, oh, it's actually happening? The earliest yeah. the earliest you get the go ahead is like March. I March. feel like. Yeah. yeah bro- people bro- you want people to travel to Italy. Right. Yeah. And are they going to feel comfortable? Broadway. Broadway just announced uh, that it's going to be closed till May 30th. So Damn. I know, man. I mean, they I had I'm that still... Michael Jackson. I bought tickets to that Michael Jackson. Oh, uh, it's supposed to be phenomenal. I know. I yeah. can't wait to see that shit. It's supposed to be phenomenal. I mean, I can't wait. Rapid testing, vaccine on the way. Maybe it's a shorter timeline than we think, but the Yankees were distracting me from the sad wedding news. I don't got that anymore. So <laughs> yeah. For, force a game seven, Jimmy Butler, will you? Please give us that. Anyway, see, you know what else? Uh, it just while we're on a random stream of consciousness to end this otherwise very focused and organized podcast, I, <laughs> I, I, I just have to tell you, because your red hoodie is reminding me of this, I just saw Amber posting about it, and I bought the Red Negro League shorts. Oh, man. yeah. yeah. Those are sick, man. Those thank you, sick. thank you. Yeah, we got, it's, it's, it should be a lot more stuff coming out here soon. Um, but the red shorts I'm excited about. Um, you know, it'll match the... The white and red um, T-shirt, Jackie Jackie T-shirt, t-shirt. yeah, the yeah. new T-shirt. So it's cool to be able to keep launching stuff and people keep, you know, buying it. So you know, we'll yeah, keep it's good it news, out. man. It's cool, yeah, it's great. It's great for the museum. It's great for the league. Um, it's great for the Negro League. So um, you know, we'll just keep keep continuing to tell these stories for sure. I'm excited about it. Well. Hey man, this was uh, it was fun getting to do these instant reaction pods. First time we've we've done it, and let's see if we get if we get some big playoff games, you know, throughout uh, the rest of this postseason. Maybe we do some more, even though the Yankees won't be involved. We get a big game seven or you know big World Series game. We do another uh, instant reaction, but you know our audience should know just because baseball stops, the pod doesn't. We have new episodes Definitely. every single Thursday, plus other bonus episodes. So make sure you're following us on Twitter at R2C2, on Instagram at R2C2. Follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe on Apple if that's where you listen. Uh, and tell everybody you know. And it's a new feed now that we're with The Ringer. Um, but see, uh, I uh, it was fun going through a little Yankee playoff journey with you like this, man. As a player, you were we never recorded during the playoffs. That was shut it down time. So this I was, was way interesting. Too locked. Yeah, it was always shut it down time. I was way too locked in, so... You know, hopefully we continue to keep doing these. I mean, I, I'm up for it. As long as, uh, yeah. you know, as long as the baseball season continues, we, we keep continue, continue doing the reaction pods. It'll be fun. Well, let me ask you this real quick. Who the hell do you root for in Rays Astros? I mean, come on. You don't like these teams. Yeah, Who I, do you I'm, root for? I'm going to be completely honest. I probably yeah. won't even watch that series. Yeah. I'll watch the Braves and the Dodgers series. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I probably won't even, probably won't even watch that series at all. I, I don't think I will either. Like, I, I I mean, I respect the heck out of the Rays. Uh, and I, I am laughing at myself that Correa's basically homered every at-bat since we, we, we dogged him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I... Uh, I don't give a fuck uh, about uh, that shit. But I, I, hope Mookie, I, hope, I hope Mookie and the Dodgers go get, go get that title, man. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. You know, Mookie's a friend of the pod. He's like a little yeah. brother to me, so... And we'll I'll have definitely him to, be watching him. We'll have him. Uh, we'll have him hop on for their virtual parade afterwards uh, when they when they win. That sucks about this year too. If you win, you don't get to do the parade, man. You don't get the parade, like and that's the best part about winning. Like, come on, right? 
Come on, yeah. that's brutal. Well, see, um, the we are uh, we're actually trying to get um, Freddie Freeman on. He's trying to make some time for us, so that would be great to talk to him in advance of the NLCS or during the NLCS. And we'll see. We'll, we're gonna have we'll, we'll still have some relevant guests as we go through here. You know. Maybe we'll see if Kevin Cash wants to join. See, you just never know. You never know. You never know. Maybe we get like maybe we get like some old Rays players, some old Astro players, or you yeah, know, what man. Like dude, some old Dodgers players. Like we, you know, we can we can we can make this work. Let's let's do it. Let's be work. creative. Can, I can get Andrew Jones in the pot. He can talk about the Braves and shit. We can. We I, can, I would can love that, man. Up. I love Andrew Jones, man. I love Andrew Jones. His casual catches in center field. That'd be great. Hey, he played in your softball game and he went yard. Yeah, he did. We played we played golf today this morning. Uh, oh, nice, man. How's he doing? Yeah, so. He's good. He's good. Yeah. He's good. Well, before this merges any further from a podcast into a phone conversation, yeah. we can we can end this thing. See, good stuff, man. We'll be back again next week. Yes, sir. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of R2C2 on the MLB Ringer feed. We're going to be doing many more shows like this throughout the playoffs, and we continue our shows throughout the entire offseason. So make sure you're following us. Just search R2C2 and follow us on Spotify. Thanks so much, guys.